Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, a new weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, I'm from PG Mustard, and this is my co-host Nikolai, founder of Postgres AI. Hello Nikolai, how are you hello, doing? Hello, hello, doing great. How are you? I'm, st I'm still am... traveling, still traveling right now in Prague. Prague is beautiful, so let's let's talk about some Postgres stuff. Oh, so good. Very jealous, but also I'm I'm in the UK and it's about 28 degrees at the moment, so it feels like summer finally. Yes, so today I was keen to talk about hosting of Postgres. So specifically, when should people choose a managed Postgres service versus DIY or do-it-yourself? Should be, we even be considering do-it-yourself these days? If they opt for manage, what are the best options out there? That kind of thing. So yeah, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this. My, what are you seeing at the moment? My thoughts are we should always go DIY path. We should always compile kernel of Linux and so on. I'm joking, of course. But the opinion is changing, actually, right? Because if you are DBA back in 2005 to 10 and you see something which replaces part of your work, uh, probably you'll, you'll be very skeptical, right? What do you think? Well, yeah. So I deal probably with more smaller companies, startups generally. And I can't think of the last time I saw somebody starting a new project DIY. But I do hear and see about it a lot more in larger companies. And some of those startups that are getting big, they're starting to consider maybe for cost reasons, maybe for a little bit more control. They're starting to consider taking things, if not completely DIY, at least you know, still on Amazon, but not RDS, for example. Have you seen ever like a company who started like 10 or 15 years ago and they started with self-managed Postgres and then moved to RDS or something? Yes. So I think I actually saw them blog about it recently. So I think it's okay mm. to mention that the team at AutoTrader, which is a big secondhand car online dealership in the UK, I think they're in the process of, or maybe now have completed their migration to Google Cloud SQL from what I believe were, if not completely self-hosted, then self-managed databases. Which is I saw a couple of examples as well, uh, including some very large companies. And I've noticed that they just understand that managing Postgres probably is uh, very difficult. Also, I think it depends on how big your databases and workload. If you manage to split, for example, to microservices and you have dozens of databases, it's easier for you to go to RDS because limits are quite far. <laughs> so, so, but if you have very heavily loaded huge database, probably it will be challenging because, for example, disks on RDS, uh, regular RDS, they are like network-attached ABS volumes. So if uh, they're not local and uh, so latency is a bit higher of course so it's tricky but i saw examples uh, specifically microservice architecture and very big company they decided by purpose to get rid of any self-managed so, but uh, as usual it takes many years so it's a combination usually right well, so that's a good like is that almost a rule of thumb that if somebody's got either one or a lot of smaller databases there's probably not a good... Well, how, are there any good reasons if I've got one or lots of smaller databases to not use a managed service? Well, it, I think f f if you consider some already grown company, if you have many databases, probably like two big reasons I see. First is 
move smaller databases to manage services and just to not to think about uh, backing up replication after mm-hmm. follow about that. But also in, there is another big reason. This isn't mo- understood usually by upper management, not uh, by DBAs, because DBAs uh, usually think like, let's do everything yourself. Like, let's keep it in our hand. Uh, or let's have access to PG data and so on, and, or like process list and so on. But upper management thinks like, it's it's better to rely on Amazon or Google engineers and their infrastructure in terms of backups and uh, related like RPO, RTO, related as SLOs, service level objective, objectives. Uh, instead of uh, trying to hire a lot of good experts, it's very hard to find good experts and scale the process of their work. So this second reason, I think it's for bigger companies, it's very important. Uh, that's why like, like RDS and others uh, are growing. I think um, I don't know, I don't have numbers unfortunately, but I think from as you said, like uh, everyone is on <laughs> managed already, but not everyone actually, not everyone. And sometimes people chart. go back actually, sometimes, but not often. Yeah, in, well, could you give us? Do you know any any examples or the reasons why they went backwards? Well, the price is a big reason, mm-hmm. of course. If you manage Postgres yourself on, for example, on EC2 instances, and you have, you can have one year, three year contracts, there are ways to optimize the price, and it's it will be definitely cheaper than RDS. Then you can do additional infrastructure optimization in terms of backups and various clones for non-production use and so on. So. It's, it's of course like much cheaper like I would say like roughly like up to t- two times cheaper but cost is sometimes not a big driver I, I think it will change by the way we are in the, in the beginning of some crisis coming so maybe reasons will like reasoning will start changing but uh, also moving back sometimes like a weaker reason is uh, te- pure technical so to, to, to troubleshoot some weird things it's not a fun when you go to RDS and say something like we have an issue and their engineers say it's a Postgres issue you go to Postgres experts even sometimes to to Postgres mailing list or some various chats and they say RDS is not Postgres work with RDS engineers it's yeah. not fun to be between if very very difficult incidents happen and you don't have uh, full access. So I've been there a couple of times with my clients. It's like, it's not fun. <laughs> so this is a technical reason to move back to and have, take full control. But you need to have very strong experts. To I think do that. that's a really good point about the about the oh, expertise. Oh, there's third, third reason. There is yeah. third reason. There's various extensions and capabilities yeah. that RDS doesn't offer. Right. This is the one I wanted to bring up. I think this is more of a reason to start on a DIY or maybe maybe one of the only reasons to start on DIY is if you really want an extension that isn't supplied by the managed service provider that you want to go with. I th- I'm seeing some of the newer ones really aggressively go after installing lots of the extensions but if, until a few years ago a lot of them really didn't have even some of the contrib modules. I think as an example I, I think Heroku still doesn't let people install auto explain which comes with Postgres. Heroku, unfortunately, there were recently big discussions on Hacker News so why Heroku is not being developed and it's a pity because it was a pioneer of managed Postgres many years ago. It was so great 
but then they started to after acquisition by Salesforce, I guess they started to lag in terms of pricing. I remember helping several companies at least two migrate to RDS just because of pricing and also capabilities. I, I have currently three clients who want to migrate and they say let's postpone a little bit implementation of cloning stuff we PostgreSQL are developing because we are in the process of migrating off Heroku. So, so I don't see anyone who is migrating to Heroku unfortunately but Heroku was great back to like 10 years ago. Well, I still oh. think they have some features that others don't. So I think they, they come with better defaults. So once you upgrade off the smallest instance, they keep changing your various settings to keep up with your instance size in a better way, I think, than some of the bigger ones like uh, RDS. I had a, a friend recently move from Heroku to to Crunchy Bridge, which is one of the newer ones, a lot of the team behind Heroku. I was really surprised by some of the defaults still there and the, there was not as good documentation, but everything else looks amazing. But he ended up migrating back to Heroku and upping his instance size. I think he thought some of the reliability was was on the Heroku side, but it turned out it might have been something he was doing instead. So it was interesting to see somebody that does rely on some of the Heroku features really valuing those and ending up migrating back and the other thing i think they do that most of the others don't do nicely yet at least is major version upgrades mostly for you and uh, now i think they require a little bit of downtime but i only just recently saw that added to google cloud sql so i thought that was quite a nice thing that they still do that others don't well good thing here is that yeah. the variety increases a lot and you touched crunchy bridge so we should already add one more set of players here which are based on uh, kubernetes operators right and yeah. I, I like i know alexander kukushkin the maintainer of patroni not long ago developed major uh, upgrade automation for the uh, building block of uh, their uh, operator it's called spilo so it's like uh, uh, container image uh, for a, a very uh, ready to use in aws First of all, but not only, I think, and he managed to achieve a good level of uh, major upgrade automation with a uh, small downtime. So, so it's improving, but I, I want to blame managed services for one thing. They usually don't provide access to look at PG data and at least to have a physical replication connection, right? I remember like four, four years ago, or so I met the founder of Ivan, who is now big, very big. Uh, they raised a lot and they grow very fast. Uh, and I asked him, like, like, okay, very good. You are building similar similar offering to RDS, but with more flexibility and more features probably and so on. Can you provide a replication connection and access to pitch data and so on? He said, by default, no, but if you contact support, it's, it's possible. Guess what? Uh, recently their support answered of course no it's not possible so this this hole is closed also and lack of physical replication connection means some kind of vendor lock-in so if you want to migrate off managed service you must use only logical replication connection which is quite tricky and complex and have has a lot of issues uh, if you have very heavy uh, workload and we're talking about, about big instances, right? Because sm smaller ones, we still have the option of dump and restore, I guess. Right, but, uh, well, what does small mean today? Small okay. today for me, it's less than one terabyte already. Okay, great. 
<laughs> so I would not dump uh, like I, I of course like when you do logical actually initialization is dump restore basically right so we need to do it anyway even for 10 terabyte database we need to do it and there are ways to speed it up but it's not fun I would rather prefer physical copy of files awesome let's talk about upgrades another day maybe um it feels like a whole good topic and actually i'll put it in the show notes but you did a really good panel with a few people i think it was at postgres vision recently um i enjoyed that so yeah I'll, I'll... it's interesting yesterday they invited me to postgres europe conference uh, to talk about upgrades again and they also accepted uh, database branching talk but i want to say once again uh, it's my public position that Actually, I already booked hotel to Berlin uh, late October. I'm going to come. It's very good. But I asked them, do they record talks? And do, uh, yeah. do they have plans to publish it later? If they don't, I probably will not come. Because this is my position. Everything should be recorded and published later. Like, I understand this is a huge conference, 500 people. And some of them will probably come to my talk. But I want to have a recorded session as well and uh, to be able to share and refer later to my materials because it, for me it's a huge trip. So that's why like we talked today and uh, this is good because we, uh, if someone is interested in the c- comparison of managed versus non-managed and Kubernetes, we can send the link, right? So I must say all Postgres conference organizers, please record and publish, share. And uh, full disclosure, I'm not sure you knew this, Nikolai, but I'm actually on the panel for the oh, PGConf for yes. you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I knew it, but I forgot. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I'm um, excited <laughs> to see those, hopefully, if you do come. So, you also can pass my words to the organizers, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's possibly worth giving a quick shout out to some of the work you've been doing on the Postgres TV channel to publish some of these talks so some of these talks that were given that were not recorded in the past at different conferences you've picked some of the better ones and recorded them and put them on remind me of the name of the series it's called it's called postgres open talks because talks should be open as well but like the idea of that series conflicts with my position to come to conferences that only recorded of course so if if every every conference starts to record and publish later uh, then probably this series will be over but i will be happy actually (laughs) That's a sign you really care about solving the problem, isn't it? We're taking a definite tangent here, but I had the same experience with my browser extension for redirecting people on the Postgres documentation. I use it. Nowadays, yeah, well, yeah, but hopefully you won't need to soon. Right. Actually, uh, I should stop using it. Right. There you go. Right. So yeah, but I'm happy because I don't because I didn't want this extension to exist. I, w- I would much rather it worked first time. Yeah, I Google search results are much better. I, I mean, we we know the problem, but maybe our audience doesn't know. The problem is that uh, like until very recently, if you search for something related to Postgres, you saw some versions up to seven point four, and so like some seven point three and so on, like very very old, and it was not fun. And people shared these links very old thinking it's it's not old and so on, like a lot of confusion. But it, it was recently solved. And I, I recently saw some example of not good occurrence. Maybe should, I should post it to the mailing list. But uh, like 99% it works very well right now. So, Sadly, yeah. I don't think there's much we can do on the Postgres side for, for specific bad examples other than let yeah. time play out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the, the worst thing for me was Sometimes I'd forget that it was an old version, read it, and then not realize about a feature. Anyway, uh, sorry, probably should get back to hosting. 
we, we've got off-topic upgrades, off-topic, yeah. <laughs> off-topic conference and off-topic uh, search results in Google. Yeah, okay, a lot of topics. Yeah, so let's assume we don't need an extension that we can't get on a provider. We don't have a really experienced DBA team and we're not expecting to have more than a terabyte of data anytime soon. What are you thinking in terms of which which managed services would you tend to lean towards in what circumstances? Well, it depends on which cloud you use. Maybe you are not on cloud. Mm-hmm. In cloud, on cloud. Sometimes, like very, very rarely, but sometimes people don't use clouds. But if you're on cloud, uh, you probably should just choose uh, the offering they provide. But sometimes it's awful. <laughs> like a few years ago, I would not recommend uh, Google Cloud SQL to anyone. They had only eight uh, knobs to tune in from, from almost 300 uh, setting parameters. It was not flexible, not ready to, to, you cannot tune it, You like it's not good. But I don't, I don't remember some other problems their offering had, but right now it's improving a lot. So very the, quickly, right? Since since we mentioned yeah, since we mentioned uh, Postgres TV, we had uh, Ilya Kosmodimiansky and I. We had great guest uh, Hanu Crossing, who was in the past was Skype uh, database architect, developed a lot of things in Skype, and uh, he talked about uh, vacuum issues and it was a great talk so if if interested in vacuum issues in postgres uh, go check this uh, presentation on postgres.tv and uh, he he works at google right now so cloud sql has very very strong uh, experts and uh, it's improving and they also recently released uh, alloy db right so it's like it's very also interesting it, like among all uh, Postgres uh, offering uh, you can choose in cloud. They are like almost pure Postgres, like RDS Postgres, almost pure. So nobody except Amazon engineers can say there are no patches. Of course, there are some patches there. So, so but there are also very different databases like uh, Aurora, which has a different storage, or recent NeonDB, which like open source Aurora, also with different storage. Uh, so we cannot say it's already Postgres. Like it looks like Postgres, feels like Postgres, but not always. B- but they're also much more different. Like AlloyDB, is, it's quite different. They have interesting idea to have uh, column store right in memory, in addition to row store. So row store converted to column store to have very fast aggregates for anal- analytical workloads. Or we have also Yugabyte, which is not Postgres at all, but kind of look, looks like Postgres. So among all these options, it's hard to choose, right? Right. <laughs> I guess it depends so much on the use case. And I I think you're right. I think if you don't need anything special and you're c- fully committed to a single cloud provider already, it makes sense by default to go with theirs unless, you know, you read the fine print and there's a, a really good reason not to. Well, go on. If you... On, for example, on Google or Azure or I don't any, any, any like, and you committed to be on this cloud, you still may think to use not their own Postgres uh, managed service, but also uh, offering from companies like Ivan or ScaleGrid because they work on all. So you will have yeah. API and uh, UI ready to work on any cloud if you just if you move or ex- expand to other cloud providers. So it's also interesting. But you know what we should choose. 
we should choose Kubernetes. The only question is, I mean, Kubernetes uh, operators or uh, products like like Stagress. Why? Be like because this is the same like managed but more power you have access and everything if you need to diagnose and so on the only question is when maybe not today mm -hmm. maybe tomorrow right because still they are they started a few years ago and they're still very young but i'm sure in five years a lot of users will, will prefer uh, kubernetes under their full control compared to fully managed by cloud provider uh, services. Well, I think for people that are using Kubernetes themselves, which is a growing number for their application side, I think those people, once they've built up that muscle and they, they understand it and they understand the, the sharp edges, um, then yeah, I think, it, I think it does make a lot of sense. I think there was a lot of fear. What is it? FUD, fear, uncertainty. I don't know. Is it denial? Uh, I didn't see any good arguments against it, and it does seem to really help in a few very specific ways. But equally, I don't see most small companies needing it. Like, I think there's like a scale where it becomes really useful when you need to provide a certain service level. Um, maybe you have a really, really low tolerance for downtime or absolute zero data loss requirement, and that's really a hot, you know, that kind of uh, really high level thing that everyone thinks they need or want, but not everyone actually is willing to pay for maybe is the main criteria but yeah I, I don't see any reason why not but i do think it won't be self-managed i think a lot of people will then pay for somebody else to manage that for them uh, still to not need that kubernetes uh, expertise in-house at least in the early days of a startup maybe but with this approach kubernetes based maybe you can hire a vendor of this kubernetes uh, product uh, yeah, Postgres. But uh, with this approach, you can install anything. You call it, you have ex like Postgres is ve very well known for its extensibility. Yeah. But fully managed offering always limits this. For example, Timescale extension is available only on Timescale Cloud. But right? that's that's due to licensing. I, I mean, right? among among managed Postgres, it's not available on RDS, and, and will never be available there because uh, Timescale thinks it's. Uh, reason to, for users to go to their cloud offering instead of RDS. By the way, what do you think, uh, how su successful will be this uh, approach? Like we the have licensing. some very good extension, yeah. very popular. We, we will have it on only on our managed service. So I saw, I think the founder of OreoDB gave a really good talk recently where he described some of some extensions are kind of normal extensions they add Super a little bit of function right. yeah so they add a little bit of functionality to postgres that makes it a little bit better in a certain way and he then also added a category of yeah i think he did call them super extensions so citus timescale i think he included oreo um of basically course. extensions that are doing so much they're changing things really fundamentally at certain levels and actually they change it so much that they can almost be considered they're not a fork because they are an extension but they have some characteristics of a fork where do they play nicely together um how yeah how easily can you migrate between them it's like not fork but different database right already almost yeah exactly almost a different database um so yeah i i think i can see why it would work for timescale because if you really want their expertise they are the best at supporting it and uh 
going to their cloud makes a lot of sense but that's a really good reason for picking diy as well if you really want the time scale functionality and some of it it seems incredibly good even for non-time series workloads like i think did you see they did their skip scan implementation mm -hmm. that's super useful in loads of workloads of so there's there's reasons to want that and if you want it but you aren't ready to go to time scale as your managed service provider for some reason you have to diy so yeah i do think you're right but I, i'm seeing actually a little bit more of a an excitement around these services that abstract even more away from you and they come they come with i think uh, limitations at the moment and they're very very new but services like superbase or neon looks exciting but i know it's not postgres but on the mysql side what's it called planet scale these services i can see the excitement in the early startup cto level they're promising them that you start with this today and we'll scale with you we can scale up we can scale out and you don't have to handle any of that yourself you just keep talking to us like we're your database there might be some hidden dark secrets that are, that are yet to come out of the you know the reality of that but it seems super compelling to me as a as a simple option of i don't need super complex things what do you think about security issues with those services? Because, for example, if if you are a customer of uh, Amazon, you have trust with them. Like they don't access your data in RDS, although they they could, right? Like it's there is some trust. But if it's a smaller player, and they run your databases with your data inside their AWS account, for example, like how to achieve good trust here? Well, I think security is a really good point. I think reliability as well. You know, AWS, there's two angles. One, they've got a track record of good uptime, good reliability. And two, if you go down or if they go down and therefore your service goes down, half the internet's down as well. So customers aren't that surprised that your service isn't running because nothing's, you know, their Spotify isn't working or their Netflix isn't working. So I think there's a few things you get with these big players that people underestimate a little bit. And with these new ones, they sometimes they're built on some really complex um, infrastructure to handle some of this stuff that that does that does fail, and sometimes in very spectacular ways, and could can result in a lot more downtime than the normal few minutes. So I think complexity does come at a cost. Uh, or sorry, they're they're taking away the complexity from you, but they're adding it on their side. And I don't know, I don't know that I would trust uh, something that needed that myself. Uh, for me. As a database performance expert, yeah. they add complexity because uh, in if I manage Postgres myself, I can ex ins install very useful extensions in addition to pgstat statements. Uh, let's talk about performance, right? Yeah. Uh, pgstat kcache and pgweight sampling. Uh, these extensions uh, add two important dimensions to to SAS statements. One is physical, so you can see disk IO, pgstat kcache, disk IO, and CPU, even system CPU, user CPU, context switches, and so on. And another pgweight sampling, it provides similar analysis like performance insights in AWS, RDS. Without these two extensions, it's very hard to understand, for example, which query uh, consumes a lot of CPU, but not very data intensive. Sometimes it happens. Or similar things. Pgstat statements sometimes cannot answer some questions, right? And uh, if you don't have performance insights like, uh, like RDS has, sometimes you're very blind. So, so they add complexity in terms of uh, query analysis and performance optimization to me. 
because with these two extensions and proper monitoring, it makes very simple to perform top-down analysis of workload and find the worst queries. So, agree or no? <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, think? I think we're talking about different ends of the spectrum. Like, like, I think maybe you're right that that's the kind of thing that the CTO at a startup picking, um, let's say, uh, let's click on Planet Scale because it's not even Postgres. Let's say they pick Planet Scale today. Maybe they're not aware of that kind of limitation all the way down the line, or that they're completely reliant on Planet Scale's tooling to I get think that. Planet Scale is not a good example because the people choose Planet Scale, MySQL my users, because they are also developers of Vitesse. And if you need to build very big system that, that requires sharding, it's actually almost standard de facto. So you probably will go there because of that. Right. Or, or use Vitesse and that's it. It's interesting. That it's very specific example and uh, I, I'm interested in that example, but it, it will move us away from our main topic right now. Well, well um, so, how about uh, Superbase then, in terms of their Superbase is for things. smaller projects also very specific. They they like they do very great thing, uh, but for smaller projects mostly. Like, at I think, the moment. Uh, at the moment, right. But the... The, their main offering is like, like we provide you out of box API authentication uh, capabilities and this uh, real time like fire, Firebase like uh, exactly right thing. But but uh, the question is like, what do you offer if my database is thirty terabytes and I have thirty thousand TPS? I need specific performance analysis tools. I need to be sure that you will survive, for example, five terabytes of wall per day backed up properly and so on. And this question is interesting. I'm not sure Superbase is ready for this scale yet. No, but so. who it like I'm thinking looking through the ones I've got, I think EDB, for example, came out with a managed service recently and Crunchy, of course, both of those are Postgres consultancies turned into managed service providers. Are they the? Would you would you think about those? Do you think they might have some answers to this kind of thing? I I'm very negative today. Uh, for EDB, <laughs> I wish they pref they provide better consulting uh, still because I have a couple of clients over the last few years, not couple, several clients who uh, uh, suffered from their consulting. Uh, but it's good for me because uh, they went to our uh, small shop and we fixed problems. So I'm, I I've not, haven't checked their uh, managed uh, service. I don't know. No, 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 no comments here. Maybe it's good, but again, like, it's it's a very difficult <laughs> choice, right? So yeah. like, many, many choices. But RDS is is growing. Like, Google is interesting. Uh, Microsoft has a power of Citus, so it's a very interesting time we live in. But again, in in few years, most people will choose Kubernetes based. I think. You so. heard it here <laughs> first. Um, Say again. I said you heard it here first. Probably not first. People have been yeah. talking about this for a while. Awesome. Right. I know we could probably talk about this topic for quite a long time. Is there any last things you wanted to add before we wrap up? Uh, well, um, I think physical connection is a big limiting factor. And every company who wants to deal with managed Postgres should think about this. Do they need it? And also low level and diagnostics capabilities. So if they're okay without it, it's, it's a go for, for this managed service. I have many clients who work on RDS and other managed services, and I like 
helping them as well because mm-hmm. sometimes it's fun to deal with uh, their support engineers. It's sometimes it's lengthy discussions, but it's specific kind of fun, I would say. But in general, I think we have like uh, EDB uh, called it big animal, right? Yes. We have huge zoo of animals <laughs> of various kinds, right? And I definitely like the thick uh, breed that that uh, is associated with Kubernetes. So let's probably talk about this area some sometime soon as well. Sounds good. Wonderful. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. I'm going to put a bunch of these links in our show notes. We welcome ideas, suggestions for future topics. And yeah, thank you so much, Nikolai. Hope you have a good week. Thank you. I also want to thank everyone who provided feedback to Michael. Uh, and I wanted to say you can provide feedback to me as well. So like, but <laughs> for, for Michael is also good. And don't forget to subscribe and also share. Please share this channel, this Postgres.fm link and, and links to specific episodes. This will help us to grow. Wonderful. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.